Hey, 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 welcome, welcome. You're listening to MMA and Beyond post UFC 223. Exciting day here with Ray Longo. I'm Steve Maraboli. Tony Fight Shape Ricci is back also. And Empty Resig. No, no, M- oh, MT. Oh, oh, MT. Oh, you mean I'm sorry, you'd like to Hold on, Tony Ricci. I'm very still. <laughs> Very disappointed. <laughs> what happened with Tony? At any given moment, Ricci. I can come to your side. I hope, I hope so. Richie was Richie's on point. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best I've ever seen him. I, I like him it. when he's attacking people. Welcome back, Ray. Uh, I'm a little tired, yeah, but I'm going to give you the anything best. Anything going on? Not much. I'm a little. I'm on about two hours sleep. I'm running on adrenaline. And uh, my new hero is Ally Aquinta. I think everybody's new hero is Ally Aquinta. Thousand percent, including including the the man he shared the cage with exactly. for twenty five minutes. Exactly. I mean, uh, a shout out when when that guy when Khabib Nurmagomedov tells you that you're a tough guy, <laughs> you're a tough yeah. guy. Something we already knew. But yeah, and Khabib is a legitimate badass. Period. It, it really it really is that way. I mean, what. What a fight. I mean, the the week itself, I mean, when you go to the week itself, you were training. I know that you guys put in a lot of work training for a three-round fight. Uh, Paul Felder was not an easy fight by any by any uh, not. idea. And uh, and so this week goes out. Ferguson gets injured. Holloway steps up. Can't make the weight. Uh, coach kind of, I want to actually talk to you about that uh, fight shape a little bit later. The coach kind of foreshadows it and... Uh, the, the McGregor thing on the bus. I mean, all this stuff happens all week, which culminates with uh, Ally Aquinta getting the nod for the main event. What's happening with the team? What happens with all of you as this is happening this week? Well, I'll tell you, as soon as Holloway's out, Al calls his manager and uh, Dave Martin and uh, demands the fight. He's like, why I want this fight. Like, you know, he just really was adamant. And uh, then they went to Pettis, because I guess he was ranked higher than Allen. Uh, according to the athletic commission, they they didn't think Pettis wanted to fight. Uh, the other rumor is that he wanted too much money. He started, you know, like uh, negotiating. He held, he, he held the UFC hostage because he figured that, and they they didn't they weren't having it. And uh, they might have went to Felder even, but then Felder wasn't ranked. Oh, and the reason why they went to Felder was that he did weigh in at one fifty five. So now Al is beating himself up. Because he weighed in at one fifty five point two with his underwear on, and had he had had, had he known, he right. would have taken his underwear off and made the weight. Okay, so um, that's where we were at. You know, they they were saying it couldn't be a title fight because you couldn't make the weight, and then they were gonna also, you know, I think what happened was they were gonna fight three rounds, and you know, as a co-main event, move Joanna to that. To uh, the main event status, and all and the the other the other side of this too. I know I just regressed a little bit, but they, the UFC was going to cancel the event. That was the other thing. They wow. after the McGregor thing, and just it was one thing after another, and it was how many fights were off, and they were really close to canceling that event. And um, uh, that was it. Felder wasn't ranked, uh, and then you know we get the thing that you know Al's asking me. What about a three-round fight? Go perfect. You know, co-main event, they'll bump the girls up to the main event. Then it was, what about five rounds but no title? Al's, I wanted, you know, he was just game for everything. And um, and then they came back and said, you know, 
it is going to be a title fight, but only Khabib could win the title because he made the weight, Al couldn't. So um, with that, we come up with the idea, let's just go weigh your underwear. So we walk down to the, uh, they kind of go, okay, not not the commission, but the UFC. So the head of the regulatory right. commission. Because uh, at know, this point, he's rehydrated. And he's done. Else, yeah, right, he, can't, right. he can't get back on the scale. So we go down to the scale and they're videotaping everything. Al pulls his underwear out of his pocket. He holds <laughs> it up. Throws it on the scale, point two. There you go. Crazy. <laughs> Everybody's clapping. We got it. You know, they sent it to the commission. They didn't like it, you know, but, I mean, he really was on weight, period. I mean, right. I, and I, we were all worried, is his underwear going to weigh point two? You know, I want him to, you know, take a leak in his underwear and then everybody don't do anything stupid. Like throw a couple of skid marks in there. We could add, like, an ounce. You know what I mean? Um... Yeah, I'm not even kidding. This is uh, I'm not even joking at this point. These are conversations. But, yeah, that yeah, these are conversations right. that are going on. So, uh, you know, he went down there, uh, and but yeah, they underwear we had point two. So we're we're really psyched. We think it's happening. Khabib's manager is there. Ali, a nice guy, really wanted to make the fight. Go look, man. These guys got to get paid. You know, you got training camp. How many times has this guy been out of the fight? And I think it was just a win-win for everybody. We, everybody was very excited. So then they came back and said it'll be a title fight if Khabib wins, but because he didn't make the weight, Al can't win the title. And then, you know, that's the commission's rule. Sure. Per fine. Everybody's, nobody's got a problem with that. Al wants to fight. Dana White comes in. He overrides everything. goes, listen, you beat the man. I will consider you You're champion. Champ. That's all we need to know. Yeah. So yeah, it's a championship yeah. fight. And... Uh, you know, we go over a couple of things, you know, what to do, a couple of basic points now. We change the strategy up a little bit, and uh, we go down, we work out, and Al is on point, man. I mean, people that were watching that workout were like, man, we, I'm starting to feel like this This is going to happen, man. He was on point with everything, and uh, that was it, man. We went to the fight, and I think the guy – Knowing what he's been through and what kind of camp he had for a totally different opponent, I'm absolutely blown away by what I saw. I didn't think he had five rounds in him. And, uh, man, did he come on strong in the third, fourth, and fifth round. And he made it entertaining, man. You know, you never knew what was going to happen. And knowing Al, if he gets you in trouble, he could finish it. And yeah, I think that was yeah. – the suspense was there. It was a great main event. Uh, you know, it was David against Goliath, really. I mean, the guy's a killer. Period. I mean, look how many people he's, you know, made quit. And, you know, yeah. And, you know, Barboza is no joke. He had him running backwards. I don't think Al took a step back, maybe a couple of times, but he had Khabib going back. You could see the mutual respect, which is what I love more than anything that those guys had for each other. And just, it was, it was really an inspirational fight for me to watch. A kid really, you know, watched him kind of grow up and even, you know, the, the the piece they did Newsday was phenomenal, mm. and you know just hearing him speak more and doing the real estate thing and taking control of his life and being positive. I I, I don't know. It was just absolutely phenomenal. You know what I mean? What do you think if you had had the the Khabib the entire training camp you knew you're fighting Khabib four or five rounds? Yeah, think? I mean I think that's got to be the question everybody wants to know. What sure. if you trained for a grappler and you know you had that type? It's Five a totally pounds. different energy system with your with your muscles because you know Al told me he goes look after the first round of carrying him I just couldn't get my my combos off my arms were dead and it's understandable the guys guy the guys a monster himself, oh yeah the guys a monster a good wrestler can you know and like again I can't say 
enough good things about Khabib to love him, wish him the best. Uh, he's a true fighter. I think he speaks well. Calls it as he sees I th- it. Calls it as he sees it. Love listening to the guy talk. He's practical. And I don't know if it's because he's got a communication problem, but, you know, like with the language, but he keeps things so simple. And entertaining. Yeah, you, it almost mm-hmm. makes it entertaining, and you go, wow, this guy's really on the money. He doesn't even have to use big words or nothing. He's just, he's confused by a lot of the idiosyncrasies of our language and thing. even when he says I squashed the beef the chicken I don't know he doesn't get it. like what does that mean you know like squash the beef what is that you know think about all the slang we use yeah, yeah. if you're a foreigner trying to understand what the heck we're talking about like you know hop to it Tony you yeah. know like hop what does that mean hop to it start hopping like what is it but I, I love listening to the guy talk and he's for real He's for real, man. I don't know what's going to happen. It's a fight, you know, and I think that's what I loved about it, just the mutual respect that those two guys have for each other. And he, I think he realized somewhere in that fight, this kid's not going anywhere. I can't intimidate him physically or verbally, and it made for a great fight, I thought. Uh, And again, let's give it up to Khabib. I mean, he was on that bus. He's got a guy. He's got thirty totally, guys yeah. attacking him. He goes Al was through, on the bus. Was on. And Al was on mm-hmm. the bus with him too. They are together, which is the backstory. Which I love is that, you know, I go to Al. How was Khabib? He goes, oh, calm. He didn't give a shit. He goes, and then you know you hear Khabib talk, and he says Al didn't give a shit. So you had two guys in there really wanting to get off the bus and beat the crap out of McGregor. I mean, they kind of bonded on the bus, which I think is a beautiful thing, and. Uh, you know, I ended up walking back uh, from hotel to hotel with uh, 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 Latifi. I forget his name. What a what a sweetheart. The guy from Sweden, the, the oh, heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a nice guy. Light but, heavy, no? So he was on the bus, and yeah. he said he stopped everybody from getting off the bus because that would have made it worse if there's a Definitely. pullout ball. Right. So he ride. does the right thing. I mean, he, yeah. he, he what a level-headed guy. He seems like he's a another guy just, you know, I, I love... You know, even like uh, Khabib and some of the guys in the gym from different countries, and you get to see the cultures and the differences. It's a really, uh, it's really becoming fascinating to mm-hmm. me. You know, I was with, you know, Suzaki this morning. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, I don't even know if we've ever had a conversation together because <laughs> we don't understand. Usually, it, just a smile with his mouth. But it is, there's a universal yeah. smile and yeah. you know, bowing and respect. It's just great, man. And those people are different from these people. These people are different from those people, and everybody's different from the Americans because I think we're just absolutely fucking crazy at this point. But, uh, you know, just our slang and what we think is funny and, you know, it's just, it, it's unbelievable. It's, it's just a good thing. So, yeah, hats off to Khabib for even taking that fight. They, I think Al and Khabib and, 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 that, and you, Ann and Rose and, yeah. and the fight before it, but they saved a bad PR week. They really, uh, they redeemed a tough week. That place was rocking. It was rocking. It was rocking. There yeah. was some great fights yep. and, and the, the level of maturity and sportsmanship that was exhibited, I think, on Al's part and Khabib's yeah. part at the end was was the just completely counter-regulatory to everything we saw previously. So I just think they did a great job, both in the fighting and representing the UFC so very well after just a horrible week. It, it, it was a bad happen. week. I mean, the, the card was decimated. Oh, was nobody tough, knew man. what the heck was going to exactly. happen. Exactly. I'm telling you. And I think, you know, it's funny, man, because it just, Al was literally demanding that fight. And... Uh, you know, with a guy that's that's an assassin. I mean, think about it. You know, so it was just it was great, man. I, I thought it was. I've never felt that inspirational or positive after one of my guys losing than I did with that. I, I just really thought it was a win. It was right, a moral yeah. victory. And then to hear everybody when I got back, 
stage, all the UFC brass and people, like, just blown away by what they saw and how his stock had risen, which it just, it was huge. great. Huge, great. Huge. And it's like, uh, you, you see on, on Twitter, you see, you know, that there's yeah, crazy, there's, you know, aside from polarizing always, what I'm, I'm finding with Twitter. And I know I'm probably the last one to notice this, that you can praise, let's say praise Ally Quinta's efforts without diminishing Khabib. I mean, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. I think but so. people on Twitter yeah. don't seem to see it that way. If you say, Hey, Al, way to go. You know, you showed your strength, your, your, your right. mindset and all that. They're like, Oh, Khabib killed him. You know, yeah, people, right, right. and you're yeah, not, you're not anti-Khabib. You're pro Al. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. not anti-Khabib no, definitely. How could you be? And I think Khabib would agree with us because he's a practical dude. He yeah. understands what the hell went on too. He understands that that was, that was a, that was a huge moment. That was a huge yeah, moment for the underdog. And he did get to go five rounds for him so you know i i don't know i i love the guy's attitude i think he's a true champion just by the way he speaks and i think he's gonna back it up man I he think. showed his ability to adapt i think yeah, that he that, course, that yeah. switching to that muhammad ali yeah, jab yeah, he was yeah, doing yeah. He, he showed his ability to yes. adapt he was he was falling short he, he he got al when when al was dry in the beginning he got him he was a little harder to get later oh, right. and and so he showed his ability to adapt but Al did show. I mean, Khabib's great, but Al did show that this guy is beatable. He's human. He's human. Know? He's he he was. And he, I think even Khabib would agree with that. Of course, I'm human. See, if we're even talking his, like his that, coaches, his, thing, his thing would be, "Well, I am human. What are you talking yeah. about? Like, I don't even get what you're talking. What does that mean?" His coaches found on, something they're working on. You know, yeah. His coaches are working on something today. They're already talking oh, yeah, about yeah, what yeah. what Al may have exposed. And and Joe Rogan said at the end of the the broadcast, you uh, didn't hear, but. He he said, you know, the the lightweight should be calling Ally Quinta right now and thanking him because yeah. he's finally given people a a blueprint of how to beat this guy. Or he's giving him hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, I'm going to go with hope. Right? Yeah, yeah, after, yeah, yeah, hope. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's a blueprint, but there's hope. And and I got to tell you, man, like after that Edson Barbosa fight, who isn't just petrified of the guy? What he did to a high level person like Barbosa was. Was frightening, man. That was Al at one point said something like that. Like, why I would think, you fight yeah, that guy? I, yeah, yeah, right. Why the hell would I fight that guy? It's yeah. funny because he did say that, but as soon as that fight opened up, trust me, he was on the phone, and that's bullshit. Why are they taking that guy? You know, he was he was pissed, and he wanted that fight, and. I, I just I I can't say enough how I just how inspirational. I, I think if we're talking about if I'm asking you yeah. what 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 is an Al with a full training camp four or five rounds for Khabib? Well, yeah. how does that fight differ? There's no way that Al wasn't thinking that the whole time. <laughs> Who hasn't yeah, been yeah, thinking yeah. that the entire time yeah, yeah, yeah. since the fight? Of, of it how was, he it was interesting that we were we we're backstage. I had the pleasure of going. Uh, with uh, I mean, so who says is, I don't like this, this is, guy? Come on, Mike, I mean, I bring him backstage. Backstage, yeah, he's back. right? Back, it's Rasig backstage. Uh, Ray, Ray calls me. I'm on my way in the city. I'm going to see a play. Ray calls me. Says, "I got an extra ticket. Come on in." So I go in. I had dinner with Ray and Vilma, and then we went in to see the. Fe it was I mean, wonderful. Am I a bad guy? It, am I best. a bad guy? The I want to know the best. But be that as it may, because I love you. Yeah. Um, backstage, you know, the guys came over to Ray, and they were saying, I guess the the corner of Khabib was saying, "Do not." Do not go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Al. 
Don't yeah. do that. Mm-hmm. Like well, in between he, you know, rounds, Javier was like, "What is the matter with you? Do not. Yeah, you're we, going we, we to had find. That's yeah, we saw that. We heard that. We yeah. were privy to that. You know, when watching the fight without questioning. And that's what he, we, he was, was getting kind of waiting for. Was yeah. that yeah. right hand? Like that Al was just going to unload, and and they yeah. were they were concerned yeah. about. It. Hey, yeah, you did your thing. Go back to what we said. Yeah, he did try to go back, and he got stuffed. The takedowns did get stuffed. Al was slippery. Now he couldn't hang on to that ankle at the first round. And that was the difference. I, Al I, never weathered. He never wavered no, Al, at all. Al is, I Al think is Al, an entity onto his own. And, and just to, I'm sorry, go on. No, I, I was just going to say what we all know from the gym and anyone who's ever fought Al, he's stronger than you think for longer than you think. Yes. Yeah. That's, and that's why that's I mindset. Yep. I, like I couldn't I'm agree with you more. probably that. guys that fought Khabib and lost that look back and go, oh, man, I wish I could have did that, man. And they can't. And I, and I, and I quit. I mentally. don't know. They can't. Yeah, right. They, they can't. What, what Al matters, did man. is what Al did. Yeah, yeah. I'm exactly. not, I'm not, I'm going to be on a different level here. Yeah. I'm not ready to say that, that Iaquinta showed any other lightweight anything regarding fighting Khabib. Iaquinta showed what Iaquinta can do right. against Khabib. That, me, that does it. not mean another lightweight al is al and we all know he had the capacity many of us thought he can win that fight oh i, 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 I really so thought he could win it because i text you yeah, first thing yeah, in the morning. because I'm, we I'm know win this we know al and it's al's mentality that that really went through that fight so just because i don't i'm not ready to go well what al showed another lightweight is what's what, what he show him Okay, Al can hang for five rounds with anybody. He's not going to quit. He is tough. He people ask me, "Are you nervous?" I'm like, "He is the only guy I'll never be nervous about." Yeah, <laughs> I agree with that, and and I got to tell you, up until that final bell, I still thought he was winning enough. He's, he, he, <laughs> he could win that fight. Like, I fight? never lost hope in that. Never. Ever. Anybody who knows him knew he could do that. Yeah. So, Michael Bisbing said he thought Al was going to win by knockout. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Joe Rogan alluded to the idea that I was crazy enough to win yeah, by knockout. Right. That's my point. And we'll all see of what us the other lightweights do. Khabib will be in the head in 30 seconds. Khabib takes him down again. Yeah. Everyone who was afraid to fight Khabib, everyone who looked at him like he's uh, King Kong, uh, Al was inviting him to punch him in the face. Yeah. Uh, he definitely... I mean, that's, that's mindset. Now, yeah. totally. now, does the UFC look at, at Al and say, I realize this guy did not have a full camp. I know. I realize he trained for a different fighter and was able to stand up for those five rounds with Khabib. This kid's. Let's start getting him some. More I mean, fights. like, good question. I'm going to say, you know, up uh, probably right after the fight. They were saying that for an hour after, but they'll forget about everything okay. probably. He, I, that would be my guess. I mean, everybody complimented him, but they move on. I don't think they're going to look past that, unfortunately. But um, If the crowd demands it, the UFC will go by the, the numbers. So yeah, if the yeah, crowd yeah. demands it, if it stays in, in the conversation, then they'll Well, I mean, look, they, yeah. they definitely could build a narrative based on the inactivity and train him for a three-round fight against a striker. So the narrative is there. Um, and if the fans wanted it, they could. I think they could sell that fight easy just by just by that alone. It's like sure. The guy hasn't really had a camp since 2015. And like you said, how many he I'll spent. I'm looking for it right now. He I, spent like four, 80 seconds in the octagon <laughs> in, three, in years. three years. So how, do you, how does a guy like that go five rounds with a, with a killer? That's out. I mean, that's it. Period. That's out. Period. So if they want a narrative, that's the narrative. The narrative out. is that's out. And that's did out. well yeah. enough 
for your coach and Khabib's coach to tell you, please stop standing there. Get away from him. Did yeah. well enough to think yeah. not only that his friends and family and right. started the crowd started thinking, oh, shit, this guy could win. Yeah. His coach thought, oh, shit, this guy can yeah. win. Go back to the ground. Yeah. yeah. Afraid of that right hand. You know, whatever. Right, they're afraid. Yeah. They know he can hit. The, kid, the kid's always been able to hit. Yeah. And dangerous. That's when, right. When yeah. even the Iron Sheik says, Brother Ally Aquenta is no jabroni. <laughs> <laughs> when, even, when even the I Iron Sheik chimes in, it. you know you've made an impact. And, and so for you, I know you, you, you've got a... You've got you know a few hours of sleep, I'm sure. Yeah. And uh, you're to, right back at it. You've got more fighters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's that's why you have to stay in shape because yeah. you do feel better. I think two years ago I probably would have been passed out and <laughs> not even shown up tonight. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling great. And you know, I went in. I worked with uh, Suzaki this morning, who's fighting with Aljamain Sterling and Marab uh, in two weeks. And I don't know. Life is good, man. You know, I've, I always bullshit like, you know, I'm going to stop. And I, I don't even know if I can stop after like a night like that. I'm like, you know what? I mean, I think this shit might be keeping me young. I mean, yeah. it's really oh, a, without question. It's such an adrenaline rush. And to watch these guys just reach their potential and dig down deep and, you know, mature is, is, is I don't know. You know, I think I would miss it. You know, whereas one time I said, I'm not going to miss it. You know, I did my best. I did whatever I did. I had a great run. I don't know, man. That I think so... your brain and body would miss it, and you would, yeah, yeah. You I would think get I'd older probably, quick. These guys I've... do keep you young. You have yeah, no yeah, option. Yeah, without a doubt. And yeah. it's it's a quick-moving sport. Everything moves so quickly. Yeah, I mean, but... you started Monday. Right. We're talking about you're fighting Paul Felder, and we're thinking, who, who's who's going to yeah. land this right. this missile first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then suddenly, you're, you're Ally and Quinta. UFC 223 becomes the highest-grossing sporting event at the Barclays Center. Yeah, Ally and Quinta yeah. is the main event yeah. of the highest-grossing sporting event at Barclays Center. Monday, it, it was a completely different story. I mean, for yeah. a Friday morning, it was a completely different and, story. And that's so, the, almost to Mike's Cheers question to about... Will they realize, you know, like no training? It's just everything's moving too quick. Mm. They're already on to wherever they're going. Arizona, you know, that, that's the, next week. That's yeah. the problem. It, it's a, yeah. they're already they're moving. They're already packing up. They're sending people over there. You don't have time to even think about right. that. The real fight fans, the aficionados, that's what they're going to say, and mm -hmm. it, it justifiably so. But the, 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 the brass itself, I think they, there's no time, just like you're saying. Monday is one thing. By Saturday, was comp the whole organization almost got turned upside down. Well, you know? well, it certainly bodes well for Al getting a big crack back in this area again because they know he's a sell here, you know? I, I mean, that's for sure. I, he, he, like Ray this, said, they move on. Yeah. There's fight nights coming up, but but Al's going to be talked about when they get back to Barclay, when and they get back to MSG. I think he yeah. became a household name. Absolutely. He became yeah. a household name. Everyone loves that story. Yeah. You know, Rocky lost in the first movie. Every Everyone yeah. Yeah. likes that story, and this is where we've, we've talked about on numerous occasions how the UFC, the business, and yes, they go on. Right. It's not their job. This is where it's the platform's job. Now it's right. Al's platform right. to, to stay in the conversation, mm. to remind people, hey, imagine, to, to spin the narrative in that sense, to say, okay, was it fortunate for Khabib that I didn't train for five rounds, train for him for five rounds? If this is what I could do, not knowing I'm fighting you 24 hours before and still be to date. You could be 25 and know all you want. We won't disagree that Al was the toughest opponent he's ever had. And, again, 
uh, create a, a atmosphere at the Barclays Center that was that was un unforgettable. I think this is a huge opportunity for Al, not only for that his stock rose last night, but for it to continue to rise in within the industry and to create a story that he does get a, a, a huge fight next, which is uh, yeah. something you want to see for him because you know that this guy is... Yeah, I he think, belongs there. Yeah, I mean, well, if if you've proven anything, is he belongs right. there? Without a doubt, I think we all knew that. But yeah, he got, he got, knows he got to prove right. it against, the, I got like again against a hired assassin. You know, I mean, <laughs> the guy's a stone cold. The guy is good. Killer, expressionly, I love him, man. I I like. Uh, it just was a great, great, you know, fight to be ringside mm -hmm. at and be a part of. It really was. I. I I don't know. It was well, just emotional as hell. It's emotional as hell, and you you've always you know you're you're kind of that guy, you know. Yeah, you yeah. you and you. What one of the things you love about fighting uh, is that you say the octagon's the truth. Yeah. And here's a guy was... with zero bullshit. I mean, yeah. he just tells you how it is, and and even if he just fought somebody for twenty five minutes, says, "Hey, that's the real gangster. Don't go don't go fight a bus." Yeah, right. This guy right. jumped in a cage with me. Yeah, and again, and look, Khabib. Look, he could have felt falling apart, too, when he didn't get what he wanted. So, you know, it was really a clash of just two stand-up guys that were throwing down, that had no animosity towards each other, knew what they had to do, and they laid it out on the line, man. And Who a couple of days before, yeah, uh, almost, with your story, we're almost a team fighting a bunch uh, of thugs. Ex exactly. <laughs> which is, you know, which is that's crazy. That's a great story, man. It really is a good story, you know. Uh, and Khabib, like he's, you know, look. The Conor McGregor thing is also, if he really wanted to fight Khabib, just like Khabib said, I believe, let's walk up to me. Like he did with Artem Lovov. Hey, you were talking about me? Talk, you know, say it to my face. He didn't go up there with a bunch of people looking for the guy, you know, once the door was locked. Causing a ruckus. On the door. Yeah. yeah, right. Why are you throwing? I mean, it's, that's a, that was a punk-ass move, man. I Big mean, you innocent people on the bus and... I, anything for attention? No is that apologies. where you're around with all that fucking money now? You're still acting like that, and you want to be a tough guy? Well, yeah, just like Khabib say, cool, give him a time. He'll meet you under the Brooklyn Bridge. He doesn't really give a fuck where it is, and I—that's the Any truth. I mean, with Khabib, yeah, he doesn't give a shit. You, you and you—you you get the feeling it wouldn't be the first time he had. I, I any, get the, any, any I get kind the feeling. Of, yeah. uh, I think you're 100 yeah, percent right. Yeah. I, 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 After talking to that guy. Uh, he's not bullshit. He, he, he fall asleep on a roller coaster. Yeah, that, yeah. that guy's he, uh, he's yeah. he's fine. And 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 you know it's 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 interesting to see where this is is going to go. And I'm glad you got the opportunity to go, Mike, and get the the VIP oh, treatment. It was wonderful. It You're, was wonderful. You're welcome. I did. And I yes, uh, it was uh, wonderful. Uh, we had a great time. I I went in with Chris and his wife and and Vilma. So. Chris was doing like the purple couch something for like Sprint PCS, so we actually went up to see him do the uh, do the interview. So we got the no line zip right through, and they're on the purple couch. And he uh, the question is who's going to win Khabib Iaquinta, and the whole couch picked for Iaquinta. And uh, it was interesting because awesome. the apparently um, Al was getting maybe a little bit too much press, so the. Uh, so I think there was some concern that that he was they were overwhelmingly positive Ali Quinta and Khabib uh, uh you know they wanted him to get a little bit more of notoriety on it which is which is interesting with with Al. So I was a great and I night. I think he was stealing the show, you know, which is great. You know, the guy he deserves look he deserves everything he gets. Hopefully, you know, he got a, a, a nice sum of money. You know, I know he got a good pay hike. Mm -hmm. And uh 
I think he, you know, he he didn't let anybody down. No, he, really he did, did wonderful. He, he saved like that. He, he really listened. At the end and of the day, he saved that show. Absolutely, he did. And, he and, absolutely and even, did. You know, and I'm glad Khabib got a payday. He's the champ. He'll go totally. to another stratosphere now. And even if you listen to Khabib talk, like even about becoming champion, he just doesn't want it to change him. I mean, he's so practical. I I really I don't know. I like. I think everybody could learn something listening to that guy speak. I really do. It, it, he, yeah, I think he's he just, really worried that he might get changed. Like he's grew, already addressing. Like <laughs> I've never heard anybody talk like. Grew that. up different than Americans, yeah. to, so I think there's a different. And you got to remember neural right, network you know, in there, Stephen. You can yeah. correct me if I'm wrong. Different yeah. the guy, set listen, of principles. The guy's and, a family man. The yeah, guy's, yeah, you know he's, he's spiritual. I mean, I'm really happy right here. He's, he's as wonderful as you said because no, no, we were guy. discussing it earlier. He seems to carry himself really well. I I like guys that keep it real. I mean, it's a refreshing thing to have a guy just tell you exactly what's going through his head. That's it. Exactly. No show, no no manipulation, no fucking bullshit. Not saying one thing to you, turning around to the guy next to him, saying something completely opposite. Guy's a good dude. No theater with him. No theater. There's no no drama, no theater. It's in the cage. And yeah. that's let's it. fight. Yeah, I'm yeah, a fighter. Right. Let's fight. That's, that's right. How could I be a champion if I can't beat these guys? Yeah, you know, like, exactly. Like he was saying I mean, that. How could I call myself a champion if I can't yeah. beat these guys? And and again, coming off uh, the the champion that was just Strip McGregor, who, who didn't defend his title for. Uh, 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 did you see that yeah. meme was funny? There's a picture of Artem Lobov, and 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 like the meme was something like the only thing Connor's defended in the UFC <laughs> is, is uh, his buddy Lobo. Artem Lobov. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, uh, what do you mean, folks? You're listening to MMA and Beyond. Uh, thank you so much, all of you, for for sharing about this. We've reached over a hundred thousand listeners, so thank you so much. We talk about fights, the fight game mindset, whatever else comes up. If you want to contribute to the show, you can check out MMAandBeyond.com. That's MMAandBeyond.com. You can reach Ray Longo on Instagram and Twitter at Ray Longo MMA. I'm a pretty findable fella at Steve Maraboli. Jim websites LawMMA.com. That's LawMMA.com. Good old fight shape Ricci. You can reach fight shape underscore Ricci on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, he's the he's in the Fight Science Institute, sir. How's that going? Very good, very good. We're you know continuing to collaborate and build um, our our project, which is we are putting forth uh, what's going to be called the Fight Performance Specialist Certification, and it's a certification for for young coaches, athletes, nutritionists, skill coaches that'll have everything that'll pertain only to fight sports by everything about human physiology, strength and conditioning, performance and nutrition for fighting only. That's it. Not, it's not a global certification with strength and conditioning or performance. Everything we do, everything we study, everything we apply is about fighting. So we're, we're really excited and we got a great team putting that together. Awesome. Of course. And your book is out. Yeah. Yeah. It's out. We had a nice week. We had a nice week, uh, Systematic Strategies. It's called, the title is Weight Cut, and it's a book that just discusses the strategies for young aspiring coaches on how to really take an approach and and develop a way to to successfully get a fighter to the scale. And it starts, we we literally put the person through a camp. It's cool. We we assign a fighter, we assign him at a weight, we talk about everything that's going on in the current circumstances in, in Weight Cut. We talk about what is necessary to know about a fighter in order to have a successful weight cut. We start an actual camp, like literally step by step, how much food, how much training, how to collaborate with skill coaches, 
you know, and I refer to Ray a lot, how to get perspective from the skill coaches. Uh, and we, we go day, almost day by day as your fighter loses weight, how much water to replace when they lose it. So you're literally going through the whole camp with a model fighter. Awesome. I, I, but That's there's awesome. one thing missing. What's that? The fucking book. Where is it? I want to read it. <laughs> Where the hell's the books? It. Sure, I'm getting you a nice book? hard copy yeah, yeah, of that. Yeah, on, yeah. I want to <laughs> dig into this thing, man. Where do people get it? It's a website? So, yeah, well, right now it's currently up on um, the, the link is on my um, Instagram page, fight shape under slash Ricci. And yeah, uh, there's a website link right up over there. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Good what stuff. What you got going on, Mike? Oh, boy. Uh, got a uh, art exhibit coming up in uh, in May. Awesome. And uh, yeah. And, now, will uh, Steve be doing quotes for that or are we using the same paintings from the last time? Well, the same. The, it's the same, the same. Same paintings that the, the quotes are, although a couple of them sold. Uh, but I still have the uh, uh, copies of them, which is good. Aside from being a, aside from being a, a part of this show, Mike is a is a brilliant legal mind and artist as well. Also, uh, tell us about your movies, bud. Oh well, uh, the Brooklyn Banker uh, is going to be coming out again in theaters. Wow! Yeah, what is that? Yeah, limited. Um, I got to figure it out from the distributor probably next couple of months. Is that due to the increased popularity of Mr. Raymond? <laughs> it, you know what? It's interesting. I feel we like have there's gotten a, direct a lot correlation. of a lot of interest in the film based on Ray's popularity yeah, of as course. the of course. <laughs> mixed martial we arts. We just hit. I don't know if you heard me. We just hit over a hundred thousand listeners. Hundred thousand. Out of Are that hundred thousand, we get in another six to go see the movie. <laughs> this is great. Good stuff. I'll take it. If I we get, get to a million, you might get twelve. <laughs> Again, folks, check out MMAandBeyond.com. Let's get to some questions. Dino from Newark. Dino wants to know, is there an age you would not suggest starting to train for fitness? I'm 52 and want to dust off the gloves. I was 16 last time I tried. Start with you, Fight Shape Reach. No, you know, Dino, I, I think first it's wonderful that you're you're considering it. And uh, just I'm going to talk it strictly from a science perspective. It is really cool, the current research that is showing that people are making significant changes in their physiology and in their health when they start a fitness program at 72, 82 years of age. So if you've had the gloves on before, I don't recommend taking a, you know, a few shots to the head immediately, but uh, get yourself in a little bit of shape first, obviously. And of course, of course, go back to striking, hit some mitts. Hit the bag a little bit because I don't think there's any other better way of conditioning. And by no means, the human body and brain is quite resilient. You'll be surprised what you can get done at any age. Do it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I don't care if you were 92. That's right. Just Amen. start tomorrow. First or 52 is uh, it's a kid. It's like a baby at this it's a point. Kid. You know, I, I'm not even joking. Just the first thing is just start. And yep. Start yeah. slow. Don't look for anything big. Have fun. And uh, muscles have great memory. They'll bounce right back way quicker than you think. I don't care if you were 16 the last time you boxed or tried anything with the, uh, you know, boxing or with the gloves. But just just start, man. Have fun. Use that momentum to just keep going, and you'll be a different person a year from today. Exactly. And that's and that that year is going to go quick, and you'll be you'll be the happiest Best camper out there. Yeah, made, 100%. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and so st starting slow could be anything. It could be and I don't the gym, what treadmill, it whatever it is. Look, I, I think one of the other keys, you know, get off MMA is I don't pick up a guitar, pick up whatever yeah. you want to do. Just start, have fun. You'll be surprised with twenty minutes of practice of anything a day. How 
good you'll get at it. You, you know, become I mean? a, a gallery selling artist. If you get the right people in front of you to teach you how to draw, I'm sure if you with the right work and dedication. Didn't you start that late? I did. I did, and I had a I had a great teacher in uh, Federico Castelluccio, who was very uh, supportive with what I uh, what I was drawing. And uh, hey, who was that? Federico Castelluccio, bless director. You. God bless Director. You. Very good. Brooklyn banker. <laughs> Moderately Italian. <laughs> back. The best. She's just reeling right in. He comes the best. Right. And yeah. he's a big fan of rice. And I love Frederico also. There you yeah. go. He, that dude is awesome. He was, the, he was really he's nice. The, he's he sat and had lunch with us. Uh, he knows this. He's got some great stories, too. And thanks so much, Dino from Newark. Uh, good luck. Start, start, pick up, pick up something. Start moving. And again, you're not, you're not uh, 16 anymore, and that's okay. Let go of that. You're 52. No matter what shape you're in, you can start slowly progressing towards where you want to be, man. It's and, and Dino. No, no matter what that. age you are, keep acting like you are 16. Trust me, it's the best it's advice I could give you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whatever you do, don't act 52. <laughs> that I can up. guarantee yeah. you, yeah, definitely not. I think we covered this, uh, and thank you. Uh, uh, Corn Corneliu um, from Twitter. Uh, thanks so much. We're gonna send you something cool. Uh, we kind of covered the the Khabib uh, Iaquinta stuff and what the, what was exposed. And I appreciate your your sentiment. And you know, sometimes it's more than the scorecard. Sometimes you see it. Uh, sometimes you don't. But people will see what happens and what uh, what doors might open. What what answers might be uh, uh, given that are beyond the the scorecards. And 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 so thanks for for writing in. And uh, let's go with. Pirate Drew from Earth, who uh, who obviously wrote in with no verification at all. Uh, Private uh, Pirate Drew from Earth wants to know how did the commission not know Holloway was too heavy right away? Why let there be a waste of time all the way to the weigh-ins? Ray, oh, you're a why mighty. I, I think I can answer this. <laughs> Pirate Ray, take the patch off your fucking eye. This is you're insulting the guy at this point. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, Tony, this is an interesting. I, I'm I'm fascinated by this question. I actually, uh, Pirate Drew from Earth. <laughs> now I now I uh, yeah, Pirate now Drew I, brings up a good point. Now I feel like a complete retard. Pirate Drew from Earth. No, but listen, away. here's the deal. So his nutritionist or weight cutting guy, George Lockhart, right. comes out with a public statement mm -hmm. on how heavy this guy is. Two or three, two weeks before the fight's announced, and that it's the biggest weight cut ever. And why would he send up a red flag to the commission now to say this is a unless that's what he was doing? He was trying maybe. to look like a hero, maybe. I, 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 I well, what's your take on this? Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not looking to. It's not even, but but so when how I mean, how he was put in what seven days before. What was the it wasn't even it oh, was Oh yeah, maybe it wasn't even two it, weeks. It was only right. a week. Right. Right. So he so, comes out and says he's the heaviest he's ever been. And, he's and I think George had said that it would be his biggest weight cut. Right. And and even more than he had with Khabib. And and But why did he feel the need to go public with that? Given it's a sensitive thing and that it, was he actually looking for the commission to jump in and stop that fight? Because you are, you know, I you do I, have to be careful. You do, this, this you is absolutely. A, this do. is a hotbed. People frying yeah. their internal organs, and you know, who's passing out, who's ending up with a stroke. Well, exactly, the, exactly. Know. I mean, one end, you know, it, we're, we're, they're doing everything they can to try so to wake, make we, weight cuts more effective, yeah, but simultaneously. And we, you know, and we could look at this as a very responsible thing that he did. I, look, you I, know, I, that's, I that's say the, in, intent matters. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, no, you know. I think I think that um, I I don't have anything. 
you know, I, I don't know George Lockhart's uh, protocols, but I, I think he has a very good reputation. I think he's highly legitimate in what he does. He's, he, he's had a good success rate. I've listened to him. I, do, I have not met him personally. Uh, he's a good friend of the guy I wrote the book with. They, they collaborate. And um, I, I, I'm going to go with this. George doesn't need the business. He doesn't really need the publicity per se. That Maybe there was a good intent behind it. I, you know, Or maybe he wanted to know, hey, if I pull this off, it's a miracle. But right. but that warning shot defies everything the UFC is trying to do to enhance safety and weight. Exactly. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I mean that's everything. I didn't get a chance to even see Holloway. I would have loved to. Yeah, have I don't even him. know what the what was his number. They, did we get I, an estimated number? I think number? he was four off, and but he was how much when he started? No, one eighty five. I think they said so he was one eighty five. That he was the heaviest. So thirty in a week. Yeah. I mean, 30 in a week, okay, so now 30 in a week on an 85-er, 30 in a week on a 205-er is not good. Right. 30 on a 55-er, now you're talking, okay, so on the, that's that's 20% body weight. Yeah. That's 20%. Now, 20% yeah, body see, I'm weight. I'm starting to change my a, mind on it, that he really did the really the he right He may thing. have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really. But Ray, just as a note, when I when I when we pointed this out in the book, 20% body weight is atrocious 12 weeks out from a camp. Right, right. 12 weeks from the fight date. Yeah. You don't want to be 20% above the scale. Exactly. So that's nearly 20, 30% on, a, right? 30 pounds on 100 would be 30%. 55 is half. That, you're, that's Definitely. That's what apparently Joanna did in the first fight against Rose, where it was 14 pounds in a few days on 115. So it's almost comparable. My point to that is maybe that was what he was doing. I don't know what he was doing. I just know this. That is really hard on a 55er. Um, Two, he has a good history. And three, over and over again, I know this, and there should be an off-season cap guys if you hit 12 percent above your scale weight go on a damn diet right because that yes that may happen before in between every fight i have to say to a fighter once you hit this number you better turn it around. Yeah, so wait, so you're saying 12%. That's an estimate. California State. But a 12% is basically fork you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, 12, let's, let's, me, let's throw that fork yeah. out. To give you an idea, twelve percent is uh, that's very good. It's about two oh seven to two ten on an eighty fiver. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm changing my mind as we're speaking. Like this guy really did a, a, a solid thing. Yeah, and he yeah, was looking yeah, out for Max have. to any, any. And does anyone look- test you? Is it like you know, like uh, Usada does uh, in competition, out of competition testing? Is there, is there anything like that for weight? Um, no, that's up to the, the athletic commission. Okay. So like California might have different. So California had a 10 point plan where they wanted you to be, for example, 10% was their number 30 days before the fight. So I, I've always went 12, like way out. It's not scientific. I don't know. It's just based upon experience. So what California wanted was about, so we'll just say a fighter is a 205, right? right. Because that just makes the math easy. Okay. So what does that come out to? 20.5 pounds? So t- uh, 30 days out, you got to be 225. That's what they want. That's quite rational. Hitting 12% in between keeps you in good shape. But USADA wouldn't test on that. Um, the, the athletic commission might have a weight cut protocol in which they would invest in. And then they should be able to say, well, wait a minute, you can't be 
you know, 20% above the scale and cut 20% in a week. So that's the whole point of the first part of the question of how did the commission not know he was too heavy right away? If the commission has no, they may have no rules in place on it. Yeah, right. How do they know? The guy's, in a, the guy's in a water. Yeah, yeah. They, they're yeah. right. They're, and, and they may have no so rules. So you don't have to report. But they could have came right in and said, look, as soon as he touches ground, let's have somebody look at him. Right. Um, they have. They also have the authority to have a doctor and come in and say a medical doctor come in and say you are, are not losing twenty percent of your body weight in one right, week. Exactly. I, attached to this story, did I read that Chris uh, Weidman once had a oh, deep man, weight cut? Yeah, yeah, I'm saying thirty pounds in a week. Yeah, yeah on an eighty five. So that's about. And he almost dropped that. There you I, go. And know, that's. Yeah, and I I remember like right after going. We just can never do that again. I don't even want to witness Ray, that. Ray, how many days you know? was and that? I, and I'm going to say I was irresponsible at that point. What was that? I'm saying seven, man. Yeah, He'd have week. to tell us. But that's it. an 85er. Yeah. Now you're talking 30 on a 55er. That's a much more substantive portion. But even that was heck for Chris. So he, was, he wasn't planning on fighting, and then he got called. Yeah, yeah. He had well, weeks you know, Chris, notice to a fight. Chris was a real big risk taker at the beginning of his career, man. He just was taking fights, broken ribs, short notice fights. But that's how he, he made his climb to the title, and he became known for that. And, uh, yeah, he fought Damian Maya. On uh, seven right. days' notice, had to drop <laughs> that weight, and he forced Maya Damian down. Damian Maya? Last 185-pound match shit. Maya had. Yeah, and he, he went down welter, to 170. Right? Yeah, yeah. Because Weidman actually went for a couple of submissions on him in that fight. After, not, not the, after almost dying in the weight cut. Uh, I'm saying he had three or four to go. He went in that sauna for like uh, 15 minutes. He didn't drop an ounce. Yeah. And then he passed out. I think he, I don't know, it was, it was ugly. Wow. It was ugly. He was in tears. It was, it was mm -hmm. not a pretty sight. You know, and now, like, again, with all the education, I'm even feeling weird talking about that because it seems so... Ray, it was, con it was pretty yeah. consistent. But, you know, like it was again, customary at the time. I so, think you're right. Yeah. You know, it was almost like uh, like years ago, I'd go to bed at 5 in the morning, get up at 8, go teach. I thought it was a bad genre. I mean, I was a fucking idiot. <laughs> right. I really, I mean, I right. really prided myself on powering through shit that I would never do right now. Right. I mean, I just, uh, I mean, I, I, I don't even get it. One o'clock in the morning, I have a cup of coffee on my night table, thinking this is, I could do whatever I want. I'm invincible, and that almost came to an abrupt <laughs> I mean, now really, I mean, I, I look back and I go, wow, I'm just, man, I'm stupid. I just, it, it really is. I would never, ever do that, and at least I could pass it on to people, but yeah. Well, I it mean, might change fighters as well, right, Tony? I mean, it, it could be... You take uh, Chris Weidman's uh, situation there. Pro maybe after that, he kept a lower out of competition weight. Yeah, yeah. Chris, 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 Chris is that the way that works? Doing good with that. Yeah, yeah right. Chris is pretty good. Yeah. And and the only thing I this is it, guys. I get it. Look, I'm I'm an old man. I didn't fight pro, but I'll be 53. And um, I I eat well every day. I train every day. So in essence, I've taken what they've done and stretched it out over 30-something years. It's not easy. I fully understand a fighter wants to go to Acapulco after a big win. I get it. Go do it. Have some Long Island iced teas, eat pizza, whatever you want. But um, the thing is, this is your livelihood, and you can get that call on two or three weeks. And, you know, look at the, look at the opportunity Al had. Now, to Al's credit, and I think Ray will testify to this. Al's been keeping himself in damn good shape all what the time. Yeah, he looks great. 100%. All the time. Always looks great. And he just went in there and fought a killer that yeah. nobody wants a piece of for five rounds. Why? Yeah. Because three months ago, Al looked like he just got out of a pool 
was lifting weights, yeah. and and he was kind of doing the cover of men's health. Whatever he could do. Yeah, exactly. exactly. He never let the injuries exactly. slow him down. That's so for sure. Always right there. Right. You don't have to be in fight shape, but stay in the ballpark, man. Most of these guys are out on Dude, the you off notice, You notice the, you know? the subliminal I message. He says, you don't have to stay in fight shape. Fight shape. <laughs> shape. And he took yeah. a little pause yeah. after yeah. 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 Like, yeah. that. Like, no, he was like this. You could be in fight shape, Richie. Fight shape, Richie. Fight shape. There's a reason I love that word. Fight shape, man. Hey, listen, on a sidebar, I had the pleasure... Of talking to Jeff Novinsky, one of the good guys, oh, I yeah, think. Yeah. And he loves the supplement line. Loved it. He, I don't blame He loved him. it. I, I, I do think I saw two dollar signs instead of pupils yeah. in his eyeballs. <laughs> but he loved it. He thought it was a great idea. And it, it, I think it makes sense, man. Not that I want to go back Wait, to that, but no, we no, did no, have no. a chat I, about I'll it. I'll send him to the, the, yeah, the wholesalers, the distributors yeah, right now who put out good product. Come on, Imagine man. they do that. So it becomes a billion dollar industry and nobody gives you credit yeah, for yeah. the idea at all. Well, that I is what th- that's potential. That's exactly what's going to happen. I don't think I've ever done anything think for money at this point so I, I, I accept- we do have it on tape yeah. though <laughs> exactly and I, I listen with that being said man I, I cannot say enough good things about Dimatize man I love yeah, the products you know, and thanks. you know let them stuff. do it that doesn't yeah, matter if the right, point is right. one person let's let's take it off the table how the hell did we get back on this? I don't even know. It's a good idea. Maybe, yeah. I maybe maybe I am. Well, going for the, maybe, you, right? Yeah, I think maybe because I'm going for the right. money. Yeah. Well, it's also part of being healthy and staying in shape. Exactly. And 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 doing the right thing. Well, I think what triggered you, and what clearly triggered you, was when it when it touched your home. Well, no, it touched. It touched. And I uh, and I team. did see Jeff and did talk. Yeah. I'm not joking. He thought it was a great idea. Because it makes. I think it makes sense, man. Because he he knows, you know. He, he's the guy that took down Lance Armstrong. He knows these guys just lie and bullshit and whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's seen the best of the best. He probably has. Yeah, yeah. I don't seen, even know what the best of the best yeah, is. Yeah. Oh, I, say, I say Armstrong was top of the food chain. What I saw in that documentary, yeah, I, yeah. I think was phenomenal. Yeah, that documentary was. Unbelievable. I saw it after the mind you... of a sociopath. If you want to understand sociopathy, there, there I is say no... there's no other, there is no better documentary than Winning All Costs or whatever I think the name of it was. But phenomenal how this guy could just look everybody in the eyes and go, how many times do I have to tell you? I've right. never done anything. Never arrogantly, Arro- yeah. oh man, and and, and, and knowing that there's twenty such a people huge system, yeah, knowing that there's twenty people that know who fed him this stuff. I mean, even if I'm one of those twenty people, I'm looking at this guy going, "Wow, this guy's fucked up. This guy's a motherfucker." Wait, man. there's twenty people involved in just getting away with it. Yeah. Not even that. Well, that's no, what I'm saying. Just you know, to, like, who have to give it to you? Have to test you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go with another question. MMAandbeyond.com is where you can uh, send a, me- a question. If you have a question for myself or Ray, Fight Shape, or Mike Resigliano even, you can ask a question. Sometimes people chime in they for do. you, sir. They do. Mike G seems to be my guy. Oh, <laughs> Mike- yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't see any uh, any uh, questions from Mike G this week. He's, <laughs> no. he's going to stagger. He's on vacation. He, he thinks, we're gonna, <laughs> he's he thinks he's going to trick us. Next, next week, no he is, he yeah. Yeah. Next week he'll be Mike B. <laughs> right. And the week after that, Mike C. Hey, G- you all come back with the same thing, Ray. G- Mike. Ray, you should be nice to Mike Resigliano. That's just yeah, the entire, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, he was. Very nice. He was. Yes, it was Who wonderful. got a better night than you? I yes. Mean, come on. We had a good time. I mean, I just goes to show you. There's love. There's love. love. He Not listens like to Mike Rebels. G. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Deborah in New Hampshire. Hi, Steve. I had the pleasure of meeting you at the National Behavioral Science Conference last year. Could you please ask Ray Longo 
Is he ever, if he ever laments advice he had given a fighter, perhaps advice that inadvertently had an adverse impact on a fight's result or a fighter's career? I thought that was a great question. That's a great okay, question. Heavy. Can somebody please define laments? <laughs> uh, listen, I'm definitely not perfect. I've had a lot of flubs. Uh, I'd have to have time to think about something but there's i've made a, a shitload of mistakes so i know that's it's in there somewhere nothing's coming to my mind because i have the ability to dismiss all my mistakes immediately right. uh, i'm a dismissal expert so. <laughs> right uh, but i think matt will tell you a funny story i think it was uh the only fight i didn't go with him it was uh eves edwards i think because 9 11 just happened and my wife i had two young girls and my, everybody was in a state sure. of frenzy I, I, I said i just can't do it to him i gotta stay back and he had just come off the uh, loss to uh, Shoney Carter. So now going up against Eve Edwards, who at the time was really one of the top guys around and was was for a long time great fighter. And you see he's a great analyst. Uh, he was leaving. I think I drove him to the airport. He was getting on the plane. He goes, so what's the game plan? <laughs> He goes, what's the game plan? He goes, you're the coach. What are you talking about? What's the game? You know, but I was so absolutely so worried. And I, I, that's the only fight I was not there. And I watched on TV and I almost had a heart attack just watching that fight. There were some close moments, but he got the victory. And but I don't know. But that's not, not that that answers your question. But again, I'm not perfect. I will think about it and I'll, I'm sure I'll come up with something. But that always comes out in my head that he tells that story when I dropped him off at the airport. And I, I go, what's the <laughs> game. game plan? He goes, you're, you're fucking kidding me. What's the game plan? You're the coach. How are you asking me what the game plan is? And there's probably a lot of what you were saying, even with that weight-cutting scenario or even coffee on your end table. It's yeah, yeah. it's now that you look back, oh, wow, it, everything worked out okay, yeah, 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 but yeah. that might have not been the best yeah, yeah. decision-making I'll think skills. Like, again, I know I've made a, shit, uh, like a lot of mistakes, but... Uh, for the most part, everything was has been positive, but eh, we'll think about that one. Awesome. Finally, finally, before we close, uh, uh, again from Twitter, thank you so much from Twitter. Uh, Liani Lorna says, saw your pin concert pick. I went to an amazing Bon Jovi concert. What are all of your favorite most memorable concerts. Ooh. Let's start with you. Fight Shape Ricci. Fight Shape. Fight Shape um, underscore I'm, ex I'm excited oh, for this answer. I just clean. My favorite me concert memory, I think it was when I went to go see um, Guns N' Roses and Axel was two and a half hours late, which this, was pretty customary. Is this like 80s Guns yeah, N' Roses? Is, yeah, or? yeah, 80s. This is okay. about eight. This is um, when Appetite had just come out. And so we, it was in between Skid Row and Guns, and uh, all they did for two and a half hours was play Master of Puppets by Metallica, and I want to keep this clean, but for two and a half oh, wow. hours, Pretty Girls just kind of, wow. you know, to Master of Puppets, took their shirts off, and I just sat there and watched Guns that for and two Rose and a half hours while waiting <laughs> to Axl Rose. Um, that, was, that was probably my funnest concert me memory. Uh, I got to tell you, I got two. I mean, my first one was, I'm going to say, man, not to date myself, but I will, 1972 at Nassau Coliseum, I saw Jethro Tull. I was a young ah, kid. Uh, Ian Anderson. Was and, that a brand new Nassau Coliseum? Man, I'm going to say. Because I want to like, say again, the was, Islanders started in like 72, what year? didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I'm going to say probably was brand new. Look, as a kid, 
it was fascinating. Right, sure. You know what I mean? Like, like where am I? You know, the Coliseum was So I remember yeah, yeah. waiting online, drinking, taking my bike with a couple of guys from the neighborhood and just waiting online for tickets. It was a big deal, but I'm going to say it was probably like 14, 15 years old at the time. And uh, what a great concert that was, man. Those concerts back then were, they were fun. phenomenal. I remember it was either go to that because who had money? And I think the ticket was $7.50. <laughs> wow. I still have that somewhere, but it was either them or Led Zeppelin. And I'm a big Zeppelin fan, but I chose Tull because back at that point, Tull was was huge. They didn't go on to have the longevity of Zeppelin, obviously. No, but, but the Aqualung that, album, oh, right? It was they did tremendous. That whole, they yeah. did that whole album. I, this is I, old time music, Yeah, this right is old here. time stuff. But it was really, really phenomenal. And then the next one was a little different, but there was a place in Roslyn called My Father's Place. I remember My Father's Probably Place. Probably the size of this room. You used to go see a band yeah. called Good Rats. Where in Roslyn? Oh, Good Rats were phenomenal. They were great. Yeah, to, yeah. Where um, in Roslyn? Right, uh, man, Tony, where's that? You go past the clock tower. Yeah, I right forgot by the, the road name. Man, but right by, uh, what would be down there now? You, that's but, what I'm trying to think. I haven't been down, there. Like, like where that go, gym is? Or where that where used to be a lumber yard down there? No, the, no, no, past, no, 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 you go past the theater down to the end and make a left, and mm -hmm. it was right there, so the okay. lumber yard would have been right by the right. clock tower, right, right, right. and I saw, I mean, a very small place, and I saw Hall & Oates there one night, oh. and it was really just, you know, you were sitting like it was like we're sitting here, and they're playing, and uh, they had a really great uh, studio guitarist, I think his name was like G.E. Smith, the guy was phenomenal, but Hall & Oates was just you know, it was, was really mm -hmm. good to see a band like that just, you know, with like 100, 200 people, I guess. I don't know, but... They made it big. They were talented, No, too. they were good. They 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 had a good thing going. I, I Daryl Hall today, if you ever even watch his show called Daryl's House, the guy's like 72. He looks like he's 50. And I do think music is one of those things that just keeps you young, man. And he invites all different people over to his house. He's got a beautiful studio. And the music they play is just cra it's crazy. They got... Like the best, you know, studio musicians around, and if you're into music, man, that show is is a home run. Daryl's house, look for it. But I, I saw them at my father's place in Roslyn, that's which cool. I I think Jagger was there one night. I you believe know, it, you know. and you're right about me. Yeah. Music does one of two things: it either, unfortunately, takes your life with a lot of right, great, right. or which is unfortunate. It is like a lot of you know sure. tre sure. tremendous stars, or or keeps you younger. Yeah, and I, mean, I, look I, at I think it's like fighting, man, and and. It transcends all uh, prejudice and yeah, it's every, awesome all that like shit, that. man. It just brings True. people together. And, it's great. You know, like, it sounds stupid, but, you know, like, even for the schools, you know, they want to keep music alive. And, you know, when you get into those arts and stuff like that and you cross over all those racial barriers and stuff, nobody gives a shit. It's like being on a team. You don't care if the guy's Chinese, black, whatever it is. You're a team. I totally you're, agree. You know what I, I mean? And I've that's seen like it music, do that man. better than... Music you may could, do it better than anything. Yeah, you might be, I like, agree you with might that. be like an introvert, and then you pick up a guitar, and people are like, wow, this guy's good. All of a yeah, sudden, you're a superstar, nice. man, because people appreciate talent, and it's, it's a good thing. So, yeah, I'm going to say those Jethro Tull at the Coliseum in the 70s, and uh, Hall & Oates was a great, great experience, yeah. just because it was, you know, it was just so intimate. You know what I mean? It was, and they were really good, uh, good musicians, man. Mike Rosigliano. I'm going to say I saw Frank Sinatra. Wow. On the Silver Jubilee tour with Edie Gourmet and Steve Lawrence. Wow. Edie in '93 at the, and he was sponsored by Chivas, and he was at <laughs> Sinatra was like at the end of his career with sure. singing. So he had the, he had a stage. He had four monitors that would the music would come up the the lyrics. 
And he, so if he got a little bit lost on a song, he could look. And every couple of songs, he'd walk over to the bench and he'd pour himself a drink. And it was like, That's cool. that was great. And uh, uh, the other one that I thought was a great concert I saw was I saw David Lee Roth at the Westbury Music Fair. And that's a, that's an intimate group there. And, too. and it wasn't with Van Halen, but he came out. He has like his own band, and he came out to Mean Streets, and it was awesome. And and so he had a guitarist that was like, you know, and not how as old good. are you? This one, Gene and I were uh, engaged, I think, at the time. So this is going to be, you know, fifteen years ago. Does age matter in this question? No, I don't like, believe so. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, misinterpreted I think, the question. I just like, memorable verse best concerts were two yeah, different things. But, right, right. Yeah, but um, age regarding what, Steve? You like, mean, do, like do, you, do you do you do you remember it more fondly when when you're young? Oh, like, no, that's I a good question. As far as being a musician, I don't no, no, that. not as a musician, but like like do you tend to have your more favorable memories? But when you were younger, because the rest of your life was pretty. I, I pretty stressed us also. Like you know what I mean? Saying, like even with the Tull thing, I was a kid. You know, we went a bunch of guys, bunch of girls. You're 14. It's He's talking. He didn't mention a song once, other than yeah, what was right. happening during the song, and that's what yeah, that was memorable. And, and not my yeah. best concert. Right. I just remember right. what yeah. was going well, was on. Like it's a it's a great uh, event. You're talking about a time where record stores existed. Yeah. 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 You know, record stores existed, and yeah, and, right, and this was like exactly. a whole. No, that was just kind of talking as a kid. I'm sorry. They just got into talkies when he was. Yeah, look, as a kid, in the, as a kid in the, the guy just insulted me. He did. But uh, as a kid in the seventies, man, it was just good. You know, we had to find. You know, whose mother was the most lenient? We yeah. Had sneak beers into the car, and you know, <laughs> you had you know girls from junior high school. It was just, a, I don't know, it was a great period of time, man. It was. I I remember that concert like it was yesterday. Musicians, longevity of musicians. I think some of the best concerts I've been to, people with longevity, a Billy Joel kind of okay. uh, longevity. Would you say the same thing for yourself? Well, you know, yeah. I mean, the the best musical moment for me was hearing uh, for the first time uh, Pavarotti sing Nessun Dorma Live. So I, I'm so for me because he he did it through the years. I'm I'm a big opera fan and ballet fan actually, despite the fact that I went to the Guns and Roses concert. But the point to that is yes because. I grew up, when you grew up hearing something your whole life, and then you finally go to see it live, I think that's a big deal, too. Yeah. Like, when you see something really cool in front of you, yeah. and being done in front of you for the first time, so and I, and I think, I think younger, that's part the, of longevity. The, the younger you are, too, also, you haven't, you don't have the experiences yet, so they're yeah. all new. It's magical. It's magical. Yeah, 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 yeah right, magical. That's the beauty about being a kid and being yeah, a kid. Absolutely. You, know, you know, you get hardened as you get older and, you know, <laughs> right. you find out Nothing's which a big musician, deal anymore. you know, beating up his wife. And <laughs> right, right. You can't look at that guy anymore. <laughs> right. You know, just something about He made it to the, the concert because he posted bail. Right, right, yeah. right. 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 There's something about the innocence of a kid just enjoying yourself it, as opposed to, you know, like ignorance is bliss. Don't even tell them, can I enjoy the guy's music? Yeah. Forget that yeah. he just shot somebody in the head. <laughs> or even and, and and today when it's almost impossible to not know somebody's political leanings exactly. and everything right. else that just yeah. can ruin other well, things. Oh, look, I remember as a kid, right? The Beach Boys had a clean image. They were complete drug addicts. And there was another band, <laughs> Tony, called Grand Funk Railroad. I remember Grand Funk Railroad. They, they, you know, I remember a, an older guy in the neighborhood telling me, no, they're into health food. I'm, yeah. like, You're, right. I'm like, this guy's lying to me. There's no way you could be the Beach Boys with the clean-cut the look. The Beach Boys were juiced out of their Out of their minds. And Grand Funk Railroad was doing the right thing. Uh, you know, as a kid, because they had long hair, you think there's no way. Totally, yeah, yeah. It was the complete opposite. But yeah, Grand Funk Railroad. 
and the Beach Boys, and then you, you know, years go by and you realize, wow, this guy was telling me exactly what, what was, was going yeah. on. And poor Brian Wilson, he can't even speak today. He never even got, True. there's no CTE They never even got punched in the head. He can't be slurring his words, you know. Yeah, it's, drugs are just, you know. What about, what about yourself? I would I would say for the same reason like a like a, a Billy Joel kind of uh, concert for me I like the Brad Paisley Tim McGraw Billy Joel kind of concerts where the whole audience really gets into it and yeah. and uh, I I've probably been to a million concerts so. for you was did was did Billy I mean you probably saw him several times was it better as it progressed or your first time better I mean. It was better depending on what was happening in my I got life. You. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> like, that's the other thing. Like there know? are sometimes you get to the end of something and like, yeah. or you, or you, you made it through something, or something good's happening that you go and you, you put up your yeah. glass, no, your beer really bottle, and yeah. just yeah. sing along. No, like I, I, you, like you, you're at a certain, you know, like you get to those those childhood. Seems kind like of Billy moments. and and Bruce. You're just not going to get so much as a bad concert. Now, you know what I mean? Yeah. They're always just so good. They but growing up, I didn't grow up in the in that same kind of uh, era. I, I grew Century. up in a, yeah, yeah, and so... so well, that's on, twice. Well, he's on. He's on fire. That that's twice. So Nobody's even so. acknowledging anything he says. But it's, when, it's not stopping. See where him. I went there? It's actually. It's not actually. Century. The funny part is just not stopping him. He'll well, just keep going. When when uh, Bon Jovi, Ozzy Osbourne, all these guys were big in the early '80s when they were huge and doing the stadiums and all that. I was just a little too young for that. So well, as I, just, I got older, yeah. I. It was more like concerts, like going to clubs and seeing, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, people who you were hearing in clubs. They were performing live in that. I, c- I couldn't tell you too much about the concerts, but hanging out with 10 of your buddies at a yeah, club yeah. and yeah. it that's, you know, Steve, the best I just I've understood his painting. That's how he feels after he tells one of those shitty jokes. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what I'm looking at. Look, there it is. He's pointing at a damn abstract Mike Rossigliano painting. The boxer. Before you leave, give us another gem so I can look at that. I got it. It just comes naturally. I can't I can't force it. But Tony, you bring up the good rats, man. I mean, they were on Well, did you guys ever see The Touch? They used to play. Do you remember the Touch? I remember the band, but I didn't know their music. Yeah. Oh, they were um, they were the kind touch? of a cover band. They played it. Uh, I think it was Mulcahy's, and yeah. they would do all new wave. They were awesome. They were awesome. See, back then, like you like you were saying, the good writer. What about Rat Race Choir? Remember them? They were like I a Zeppelin yeah, cover band. Yeah, they were yeah. crazy. Crazy. I remember that band. name. They played locally. Oh, right? locally. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you had obviously the guy uh, who made it big from the island it was. Uh, they started getting into the uh, not heavy metal. I don't think he considered D. Uh, Schneider. D. Schneider. D. Yeah. I used oh, to Twisted train Sister. Yeah, 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 Twisted yeah. Sister. Oh yeah. Speaking about training, on a sidebar, Matt trained David Lee Roth for a while. Oh no lessons. kidding. Yeah. Said every like he teach him a couple of moves. He'd go out, smoke a joint, come back in. <laughs> I forget yeah. the guy's name from Taking Back Sunday. He's he he trains at Sarah's. Taking Back Sunday is a, uh, yeah. a, uh, a rock band oh, it now. Taking Back Sunday, Taking never, back Sunday is a rock band stuff. now. By the way, there's a million bands no. out there yeah. now, Tony. You know who came oh, out of Long Island? Taking Back Sunday is amazing. Was uh, Stevie Vai? Oh, yeah. Right? So and, many good and, people. And uh, Joe Snyder, Satriani. Yeah. Satriani did, Who actually yeah. they taught Stevie Vai. Yeah, Straight absolutely. Cats were Long Island Straight Cats were Massapequa. Brian Sensen. That's right. That's right. They were Massapequa. Right? D. Snyder's Massapequa, too, isn't he? 
He was Master Peak, right? Yeah. Now. He was a lot of... They had, uh, I mean, the story back when I was growing up was Bad Little... I think uh, Vi and Satriani went to Call Place High School. Oh, is that right? And yeah. one year, Battle of the Bands, which was a huge thing, was sure. Satriani's yeah. band against Stevie Vi's band, which at the time <laughs> was huge, you know? But yeah, that uh, Battle of the Bands was like a big deal. It was in a that, big deal. Yeah, I remember it. Good old times. That there. exists now? I doubt it. But there's no bands. You know, I battle think you know what it is. Battle of the yeah, battle right. of the you Xbox. Of the, Back then is when you you know battle uh, of the Mac. Levittown had remember Spit and Uncle Sam's. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uncle Sam's right behind yeah. the Tri County. That's right. That's right. I would go to uh, Industry and Island Park, and um, that was uh, a big Monday night. That was huge. Crowd, believe and on yeah. weekends, uh, Escapes and Merrick escapes would, would go right. from being like a Chippendales kind of club. <laughs> Until like there. ten o'clock. Man, I'm surprised you were that much of a South Shore guy being from Port. Did you ever go to? Oh, because of the raging clubs in Port Washington. <laughs> well, but I mean, you still had, like he said, you had Spit, you had two thirty one. No, we, we you had a go, lot of places on Hempstead Turnpike. We would go to uh, Spit's, Uncle Sam's. Yeah. Uh, then there was, Did you ever go to Malibu? Then there was Sprats. And you'd go down, and, and if you went to the right, it was New Wave. If you went to the left, it was Disco. Mm. Well, Zachary's and Chelsea Street was like that, too, on Hempstead Turnpike. Zachary's was like, you know, uh, George Lamont, TK, freestyle kind of music. And then Chelsea Street next door would be more like a, a hip-hop kind of House of Pain, jump around kind of music. I know where, it would be... what Ray's favorite club is. Uh-oh. Bottles. Here we go. I oh, worked Bottles. Bottles. Oh, boy. Did you work bottles? Yeah, he used to open clams at bottles. Oh, I know, nice. I had a clam bar, yeah. Yeah. I think where he's going with this is where I met my wife. Absolutely. Ah, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. He's got all the info. He's got all uh, the info. I got all the ins. Me and Vilma sat together. It was oh, wonderful. Oh, we talked. I, can't I forgot about that. We talked. I forgot Absolutely. about that. He might be able to. Yeah, I got to be. <laughs> that's I it. might have to take on a new role. That's, 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 that's it. That's a nice picture. I'm just looking oh, yeah. a nice picture. Really, the boxer. Gorgeous. It's a wonderful. Just a debrief. Jackson Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, debrief. Yeah, right. <laughs> Before we go, congrats again to you, yeah, the team, you to everybody. Ally Quinta, cheers to you, brother. We're always cheering you on, and the world is finding out something all of us already knew Mike Rosigliano thanks for coming in Always. brother empty Rosig is yes, it sir. yes sir fight shape underscore Ricci fight science institute Ray Longo MMA I'm Steve Maraboli folks you're listening to MMA and beyond check out MMA and beyond.com please check us out on iTunes tell everyone about it thank you for all the five stars ratings we're getting keep them coming it helps people find the show this is MMA and beyond we'll see you next time